and they possibly patch things up by the time we get to October. Or had they? Because could oh. it all have been a long planned act of revenge? This is a Main Hustle Media podcast. Virtual Reality Studios. A new realm of creativity. Welcome to Matcha, Masala and Murder, a weekly true crime podcast presented by one of your co-hosts, me, Ria Mayakor, and your other co-host, Charmaine Fury. And we are just a couple of mixed mates musing over Matcha, Masala and Murder, blended besties, spilling the tea. And we are back in the new year 2024 um i don't know when you're listening to this but that's where we are when we're recording it we've just come back from our festive break and so we are not quite as refreshed and refueled as we might be at other times because we're going to start this episode where charmaine's going to make a statement and explain everything that's been going on in the time that we've been away and so that will just inform you about some of our personal lives and what has been going on for us um so that you know where we're at moving forward so yeah. over to you uh well when we last recorded uh or when you last heard us we were doing our christmas episode which we had recorded like in early november <laughs> it was like a whole month i think prior yeah. to um christmas and in that time since then um i lost my husband uh, he died on November 30th. And um, while we did have a lot of pre-recorded episodes, we had th uh, four, ep three episodes that had been previously recorded and mostly edited by the time he had, had passed away. Uh, I don't even like that term. That's not what happened. He died. <laughs> he didn't pass away. Um, when he died, uh, y'all still had information from us. You all still had episodes from us, but uh, we didn't keep up our recording schedule, uh, I guess, a little bit earlier than our intended break uh, because I just wasn't capable of, of anything like that. Um, at the point at which we're recording now, I'm 39 days out since my husband died and I, I guess ready to get back to work in, in whatever um, form that ends up taking. And, and for me, the major priority has been to return to Macha Masala and Murder. Uh, for two reasons. Uh, one is prior to my husband's death, it was the thing that was giving me the most amount of joy. Um, the last few months have been kind of difficult dealing with uh, the genocide happening in Palestine. And my my part, my husband was Palestinian and we were feeling a lot of death and pain uh, in our life prior to him dying. And so this Macha Masala murder was this little beacon of joy that I had every week getting to meet up with you, Bria, and um, and have putting our twist on the true crime genre of, of talking about historical crime with uh, cultural context and a and, uh, little bit of cultural spice, as you like to say. A little bit of spice. Yep. And um, 
and it was also the only show to date, which if you if you follow any of my work, you know I have 11 billion shows. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the only one that Tristan had listened to every single thing that I'd done that had been available, not not prior to release, but you know. Yeah. Um, plus he'd heard me tell the stories a million times and he just <laughs> like, listened to be like, and another thing about this murderer, you know. Um, and so he was really supportive of it. He loved how much fun it was for me and he had also come up with and I had shared with you too uh, like some brilliant ideas for little videos that he and I could make on this side of the world uh, for our social media that we never got a chance to actually film uh, in fact we planned one out the day that he died earlier that afternoon uh, we were just waiting for him to get better uh, but he he died of a blood clot as in a series of injuries that he had been experiencing. And on his um, father's side of the family, blood clots are an issue. So uh, it did take us by surprise, even though we probably should have known to plan for it. I, I don't really know. And so I'm just trying to figure out how to get back to it, you know. Um, and I'm eager to, to get that started back with Macho Masala and Murder. A uh, couple things that have come up since telling people I was getting back to work soon is that people would ask me, can I handle doing this show since we're going to talk about death a lot? And uh, it hadn't even occurred to me, you and I talked offline, it hadn't even occurred to me that people would connect my husband dying to the subject of what we talk about on the show. And uh, I want to be clear, my husband wasn't murdered, so it's not a personal connection for anything that we end up sharing on this show. Uh, like, I don't think I will make a parallel to what's what I've experienced. Um, uh, but it's tough to be regular. And so I imagine there'll be times I will have some emotion and um, which has fought through the, the wall, the, the very British and Japanese wall that I've built up about being emotional in front of people over the years. Um, podcasting has kind of chipped away at that a bit. <laughs> and obviously the death of my husband as well. Um, so I'm gonna do my best. I know that we got you. Um, but I'm, I think it'll be important for me. I guess my two reasons, which I think I meandered, but my two reasons is one, it was the thing giving me joy before he died. And two, because he was so supportive of it and um, and really kind of championing me to to do it. He he had said like, of all the things that I do, he thought this one was, was gonna be one that was really gonna hit with people. Um, I think with that in mind too, I also wanna keep going because not even, it wasn't a question of keeping it going, it was a question of like when yeah. I could. It. And I think I'm I'm ready to do that now because um, it's just another way to tie to him because he was so excited and proud of the work that I had done. Uh, he loved our dynamic and and stuff too. And um, it's weird because I think you and him both have this thing of where you've seen each other or heard yeah. each other, or, you know, <laughs> but you've not actually interacted with yeah. each other. And um, and so you know, he'd hear me talk about you constantly up until uh, he died and stuff too. So, you know, kind of a weird gap, like that you knew of each other, but yeah. didn't know each other. And, uh, uh, but he was really proud of us and he, he was excited for the friendship that we were developing too, that he could see was evident in yeah. our video recordings and stuff. So 
Um, That's because we're awesome and he could see that. And that. Yes. <laughs> so, and I, I mean, um, I was looking forward to being a four top when we got to the UK finally, you know, I, and, and yeah. uh, everything. Your husband is equally as um, as excited and supportive and coming yeah. up with ideas and things to, yeah. to share with us too. So um, I think. Yeah, that was a really cool thing. We definitely, you know, we definitely yeah. shared that with each other, didn't we? Um, but yeah. Um, so that was always really exciting because we were both like, this is great because they both, you know, they're supporting yeah. us. Our husbands were on board. We were yeah, on board. Yeah. And yeah. However annoying it might have been on occasion to be like, and Rhea this and Rhea that. And another thing about <laughs> Rhea, um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, he was just excited to to see that kind of fire light back up because yeah. it, it it had been a couple of difficult years and, and things. And even as much as I love and enjoy my podcasting, um, uh there were times when it was taxing and then we also moved you know to mexico yeah and everything so um in terms of like update on me is over the next month i am closing out my life here in our life here in mexico and returning to the u.s where a friend is going to put me up for a little while while i try to get on my feet and then my my future is the uk i just don't know if that's a year from now or you know two years from now um versus the five years that it was going to be. Um, we were going to live here in Mexico for five years and then move to the UK uh, after I squared away my dull citizenship stuff. But um, that marker has just moved up because I, I I can't be here in Mexico alone. Um, I, uh, it's too isolating. The language yeah. barrier and not knowing enough people. I have yeah. a few friends here, but not enough for me to be like, yes, yeah, it's worth it staying here um so getting back to my home language i guess uh will be a little <laughs> bit helpful for a bit and um yeah yeah so that's you know we wanted to obviously share that news with you um because we value that you're here listening and supporting us along the way and we're um you know we've always been telling you stuff and keeping it real in that way so yeah. um we wanted to make sure to 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 make mention that and obviously because um, as you say, even though I didn't know him, I want I want us to honor him in that way and in and and talk about that and not have it be the weird elephant in the room that doesn't get talked about. Yeah, because um, I'm gonna bring him up like it's gonna exactly. be like oh, it's just your life to say and stuff. And, yeah, you know, I, I don't want it yeah. to necessarily boil down into this awkwardness of like oh exactly. no, she just mentioned her dead husband. Um, yeah. You know, this yeah. is life of you know, yeah, and I mean, and and we've talked before as well about. Um, our ability to detach or compartmentalize you know when yes. we talked about harrowing stories that you know on this show and um it's uh obviously that you know this is acute and raw and and it's a completely different concept than the stuff that yeah. we're talking about um but uh i do think that as people who are pretty good at surviving and navigating different traumas that crop up you do develop this way of being able to segue and kind of move through things and yeah some people don't have that and they deal with things or they process things differently and and you know everybody will do what's best for them sure mm -hmm. but um but i'm hoping that this can be an outlet for you to you know rekindle some of that joy that isn't happening yeah. all the time and or you know be a little bit escapist or um whatever it needs to certainly, be certainly yeah yeah um, i think moving so. forward and we are going to play this by ear this is all new territory for us. So there may yeah. be gaps. You may have, uh, you know, little gaps in hearing from us from time to time, yeah. but that's just life and that's what we're doing. And we're going to prioritize 
you and everything that you need to be to be right and and i've always been pretty transparent on my shows like if yeah. i'm having mental health struggle or something like that and i take a break i i announce it uh, and in fact that's exactly what i did three days before my husband died i got non-militantly mixed and said like i'm fucking overwhelmed like my life at that particular time was way overwhelming yeah i had no idea how overwhelming it was about to become but um you know i needed to take that break and mm -hmm. Uh, plus, I'm going to have to move back to the U.S., so there'll definitely be a little bit of a break. Yeah, and that logistically, that you know, that's a nightmare. And then, you know, we need to be all back up and running. And, and yeah. that's a big transition for you. So absolutely, yeah. there will be gaps. But, you know, we're going to do what we do and keep yeah. bringing you our, you know, our vibe that we bring. <laughs> I mean, and like, luckily, already having a dark sense of humor, I like, honestly, I think it's huh. probably <laughs> oddly really helpful because yeah. had I had to like learn to maneuver dark humor mm. i think that would have been insane but um i you know my husband and i both had a fairly dark sense of humor you and i have just established yeah. a bit <laughs> of a dark sense of humor yeah. um yeah. you know and uh you know personal death is such a weird thing like you mm. you from moment to moment it's real and not real um or I'll have a memory of something that used to annoy me about him and then I'll talk shit and then I'm like, oh, should I be talking? You know, like you yeah. you bounce all over the place. I, I'll admit mm -hmm. that. But I think like I can already feel that this feels different and talking to you now versus like when I recorded an announcement on Militantly Mix, you know, mm -hmm. I'm solo. I'm just sitting there in my grief without someone yeah. to kind of... Um, distract or bounce things off of so like i, or I make a really inappropriate joke <laughs> you know I, I feel like i have already managed way better in this few minutes you know on here with you and expressing like it's it is the biggest thing that'll ever happen to me of course you know? absolutely and yeah yeah I'll, I'll maneuver it however i maneuver it but at the same time um i don't think i'll lose entirely who i am which is uh, you know, a person with a dark sense of humor that deals with death and, you know, maybe a slightly inappropriate way, but. Uh, well, you're in good company with that. It's just what's going to work, you know, it's like what's going to work for me for now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I do beg some, some grace from the audience in terms of, um, you know, like the display of emotion that, um, you know, especially for our British side of our audience or even our Japanese side of audience, if we have that yet. Uh, I know this is a lot <laughs> of, of feelings, but um, I'll blame my American side on that. And then uh, it's okay. It's okay. The Americans can, can, can coast us through. They can carry <laughs> us through on this emotion train for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, I'm actually a bit relieved that it timed out that it's your turn to tell a story because then I can, get myself back into it so that by yeah. next week when it's my turn um i'll have a little bit more of a uh i guess less nerves of coming back and starting yeah. starting it back up but um but yeah that's uh that's what i've been going through and i didn't post about it on the on the page on our social media because yeah. i was just like you know we're still new i don't know how like you know, our, our handful of fans to be like, um, Hey, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Six episodes in, And guess what? You know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. But obviously, you know, now we, um, we have addressed that. So it is going to come up. We are going to talk about that, you know, of course, yeah. like we do about everything in, in our lives and our world and what's happening. Um, it will be something that will be revisited. So everybody knows now. Yes. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I think that we will just go straight from that. How do I, you know, how, where, how do we transition? Cleverly? No, no good that. segue. It's just like, like okay, uh, dead um, husband, mug check, you know, like. <laughs> I haven't do? even got, for the first time, I haven't even got a cup of tea with me, which. Oh, really? I think actually is probably, that's, is, you know, is it the beginning of the end? <laughs> like, I guess, the beginning that store up, right? a cup of tea with me. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm just on the water so okay well to be yeah. fair also this being our first recording back in the new year uh we hadn't recorded in um, i, I want to say it's near six weeks at this point so mm -hmm. it's, it's been yeah. quite a while yeah or if, if not longer um actually because it's been five weeks since my husband died so it's mm. you know yeah. almost two months i think yeah. um yeah. at least a month and a half or so uh, and it's the new year. We don't have an established, like right now I'm back to blurry because this is packing <laughs> stuff behind me. Yeah. Um, you, you know, we like have to reset up. I've had to pack mm. half of my equipment. So yeah, you know, things like that. So you and I just trying to get back into the swing is going to probably exactly. be a little bit more. I do have a mug today, ooh, ooh. which was one I that I bought le 11 days after my husband passed because I needed like, um, a comfort mug like I I needed something that I wouldn't spill because I am a bit spilly mm -hmm. and um Tristan and I were both kind of into this show called We Bear Bears it's an animated um mm -hmm. cartoon of of these three like adopted bear brothers there is a, a grizzly a panda and a polar bear and they all have different personalities but they were like abandoned in a box when they were little and so they just like have maneuvered life as bear brothers and um, I had this one of the mugs. I, I don't know if I actually showed it on the show yet, but it's a like a glass mug that had the infuser on the inside, which is the panda bear character. And his little butt is the infuser. So you put yes, him in. And I like think floating. you sent it to me, but I don't think we shared it. Uh, yeah, maybe not on the show. Uh, and Tristan kept stealing that cup for me because he just loved, loved it. And so we went back <laughs> to the store to get one of the other brothers, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And by the time we went to the store, and this was like a week before he, he had mm -hmm. died. Um, they were out. They didn't have the other brothers and stuff like that. And so uh, I was like, I still feel like I should get a representative of each brother at some point, but I didn't buy it that night or whatever. So after um, Tristan died, a friend of mine came, uh, the friend, one of the friends I'm going to be living with in the U.S., mm -hmm. he came um, down and it was, like I said, it was 11 days after Tristan died. And he was like, do you want to try to go outside? You know, just try mm -hmm. to get me. And I was like, at first I wasn't sure. And then I really wanted this meal um, that I used to get at this restaurant that he and I, Tristan and I used to go to. It's this mm -hmm. Italian restaurant. It's like the only good Italian food we've had in Mexico. <laughs> and um, it's this place that we, we've gone to quite a bit. And I always get this like braised beef tortellini dish and it's mm -hmm. amazing. It's like a zebra print tortellini. It's, it's so delicious. Um, and, uh, and he would try whatever thing because he is far more adventurous. I'm a person that once I <laughs> try something, that's what I get. And I get it every time I go. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we went and I had taken Jeff and Shay, my friend, um, there last time they came to visit. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, okay, we'll go. If you can't make it, we'll leave. But let's, you know, we can try whatever. So we went into the restaurant and um, got the meal and stuff like that. But it's attached to a mall that has the store that has this cup. Ah, uh, okay. And so it was a com combination of things. We ended up spending a big amount of time, like a, almost an hour walking around. This was like pond that is built there, just talking mm -hmm. in between trying to do each step. So like one step was I wanted to get a mug 
that had a lid on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I wanted it to be a rewear bear mug. So that's what this is. It's, this is the Panda. Oh, of the brothers. And it's got a little <laughs> sippy cup top because like I said, I can be a little bit spilly mm -hmm. and uh, it is a ceramic cup and everything like that. So it has yeah. all the good feels, but it has the, um, the nice. plastic top for when I am a little spilly, mm -hmm. uh, which has been helpful when I'm like been lately laying on the couch and I just, yeah, yeah. I want to but I don't have a table near me. So it's on the floor. So I don't have to worry about my cats and or <laughs> the, the plethora of fauna and flora mm -hmm. that flows throughout my house um, yeah. <laughs> uh, here in Mexico. There's, yeah. I have like, you know, one inch long ants and stuff that walk yeah. around and things. So you just get used to it. Cause you're like, you're in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, so having the lid, if I have to put nice. it on the floor, so yeah. that's, that's what it is. It's um. plus I'm a panda. Yeah. Cause I'm black, I'm black, white, and Asian also. <laughs> and even though pandas are technically Chinese, we're going to pretend that Asian is sufficient. Um, yeah. Well, hey, listen, if everyone else in the world does or the forms that we have to fill in do, then I think you can claim that. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's my that's my mug today is my my wee bear bear. Oh, nice. Comfort mug. Comfort mug. OK, so. I'm going to tell you a story in a minute. Okay. We're going to do our do, 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 do with the credits thing, um, the titles and um, that's how we're going to seamlessly make this transition. <laughs> It's, you know, um, we were just getting our legs and then we took a break and then also yeah. my husband died. And now we're like, let's try it again. Yeah. Start all over. <laughs> Shall I be mother? I am going to be mother. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to take you back in time to 1868. Mm. So nice chunk back in the past, yeah. which is which is good. Um, yeah. I no know one we, we know has been yeah, associated with this story. Um, I know we like to go, you know, like that uh, a little bit far back. And I'm taking you finally taking you to Wales. Oh, we're going to Wales. Okay, yes. great. I'm excited. Um, I knew I, I was I knew I was going to have to do Wales at some point and obviously um for anybody who doesn't know I was born in Wales and raised there and your family are from Wales so we've both got a good Welsh connection my name is Welsh our families are Welsh you know mm. having a Welsh old time my so. family name on that side is is a Welsh name as well okay Trahan. Okay. Yeah. Ah, very good. Yeah. So you see, it was just one of those other weird things that we had in common. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was about time that one of us told a story in Wales, and I have got a doozy for you. Um, so it's ticking all my boxes so far. It's you know cultural for us, it's in the past, and it's Victorian 1868. So um that you know, they're always up to some kind of drama, aren't they, those guys? So. I swear, when you think of historical true crime, you immediately go to Victorian. Of course you do, exactly. Yeah. So um, we're in South Wales, so a little geography for uh, anybody who's watching and for those who are listening. We're in South Wales. Um, so you've got uh, Cardiff, and then you go around Swansea Bay, and you get to Swansea, and then in between those two places on the edge of the bay you've got Port Talbot which um, is a port and then a little bit inland you've got Neath and then four miles outside of Neath you have this tiny hamlet where our story takes place 
But interestingly, it is the birthplace of famous Welshman, Richard Burton, like one of ah. the most famous Welshmen. Um, For real, so, yeah. you know, that's and he played Hamlet and it is a Hamlet. And we've already done <laughs> Hamlet stuff before. So, I, you know, it's <laughs> tied oh, it Billy Shakes will appear many a time in <laughs> in the future. I am I'm a hardcore quoter. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so that's, you know, that's just to set the scene of where we are. Um, and at this time, in this tiny little place, there were a handful of houses quite spread out. Um, and now it's quite, you know, it's, there are some bustling places and there's a lot of people living there. Uh, it's beautiful for cycling. If anybody is interested in that kind of thing, you can cycle up in the hills and you know, it's all very lovely. Uh, it's very green. Um, but yeah, that's where we are. So um, throughout this story, there are repeated acts of domestic violence from all parties concerned, both sides, <laughs> all sides round. I mean, it's like a, it's a pretty it's a bloodbath in some way. <laughs> Great. Just to tell you in advance. Um, and there is this is possibly an early instance of polyamory. Oh, which Venture, I, venturing into my into my world a little bit and I really felt like um that was just a happenstance that was too good to skip over but yeah. it depends of course on whose version of the tale you listen to as with all Which of these exactly what polyamory is like too <laughs> <laughs> nice <Brilliant. laughs> um so I'm calling this story immoral Mary Morris uh, is is the title that I've given to it, and so spoiler alert: this is the story where Robert Webster murders murders Mary Morris. Robert Webster murders Mary Morris. Say it three times fast. Okay. Um, a year before our murder, in October 1867, Robert Webster appeared in court, and he was charged with neglecting to maintain a family. Um, neglecting to maintain a family, <laughs> like not paying child support or something. Yeah, basically. Okay, <laughs> so poetic. Yeah. Um, and so, like, as with a lot of these older tales, the sort of family tree or the connections between all the participants can be quite murky and a bit complicated. So, I will try and make it easier to understand as we go. But there's a lot of different players, um, and also what makes it more difficult is that at this time. For this area, the marriage records are hell Apache. And so it's quite difficult to ascertain who was actually married to who officially. Um, and also, it was still pretty common to have a common law wife situation or a common law husband rather than a legally bound one. Um, and so lots of people were actually living together as married couples, even though they weren't legally married. So it could be a bit complicated, but... Uh, let us begin. Right. So Robert Webster was a poor man and he was nearly 50. He had worked most of his life as a manual laborer and he was in charge of maintaining the roads. There was a small crew and he was one of the guys who was in charge of um, maintaining the roads. Despite his meager earnings at this manual job, he seemingly wasn't sharing what little he did have with his family. And so why wasn't he doing that? Um, it there were so many twists and turns when I was researching this story to try and find everybody's different version and try and then collate those to what could be the actual version. Um, 
His wife, Lucy, apparently took another man into the house. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. And Robert Webster wasn't very happy about this. So enter William Whitelock, a 21-year-old collier. And reports vary on this one. So did William have relations with Robert's wife, Lucy? Or did William have relations with Robert's daughter, Mary Jane? Or mm. maybe both. Bit of both. You know. Um, so after some time, it was actually Robert who was kicked out of the family home. His wife kicked him out, which was pretty unusual to kick your husband out of the house. Um, and that is when he refused to pay any kind of family familial support or maintenance to Fair. his wife. I mean, you know, they've moved this young buck in, um, you know, and... Um, so then they've kicked him out. And then he says, well, fuck, I'm not paying for you guys then. Did they turf him out because, you know, in favor of the younger model? Or was it because he was probably having an affair with their landlady? So, you know, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other at this point. Sure, yeah. Um, so he was in court and he explained his story or whatever. And the court agreed to drop the charges as long as he paid the court costs for having you know, been there and had this hearing, and he paid a certain amount of the outstanding monies to his wife and daughter, and then they would mm. call it quits and he wouldn't have a, a criminal record for that. Would he have so, to have continued to pay or just catch no, up? No, it was just the... basically that we've taken a portion of what you, uh, you back owe, and we're okay. going to say if you pay that, we'll just square it all away, and then she's not going to expect any more from you, draw a line under the whole thing. Fair, okay. But this pissed him off. He didn't want to pay any of it. He was Again, really not rare. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to fast forward to high summer of 1968. So, um, we, yeah, we've gone forward. And our dashing young William has become dastardly. I know um, you like the word dastardly. It is one of my um, favorite words. <laughs> So he's become something of a crook in this time and earned himself the nickname The Notorious Whitelock. I mean, it's not the most catchy nickname, but okay, um, we'll, we'll allow it. Uh, so he had been arrested for a string of local burglaries and he wasn't any longer living with Lucy and Mary Jane Webster. Mm. Um, but he's about the place. Um, and now comes the first in the series of brutal attacks. So this story has got a lot of them coming up. So William broke into their home, the home where he used to live with them, and he wounded Mary Jane. Now, apparently, even after he'd moved out, the two of them continued some kind of relationship with each other, but then she did eventually break it off for good. And he was unhappy about this, so he broke in and decided to force himself upon her. Mm. And the quote says that it was with intent to do grievous bodily harm to her. He had for a long time been acquainted with Mary Jane Webster and had kept company with her, but it seemed to have been broken off and he wished to renew the intimacy to which she refused. So he, uh, he apparently um, whacked her over the head with a fire poker mm. and, and uh, split her head open and broke two hand, two bones in her hand because she was attempting to protect her baby who was in bed with her 
Because mm. he broke in in the middle of the night and just went to, you know, to attack her. And she was there kind of trying to cover the baby to prevent the baby from being injured. Was it their shared baby or was she out so, on the streets again? We, <laughs> so we don't know who okay. the father of the baby was. Um, and was that part of why he was angry or, you know, felt spurned? I don't know. But um, mm. that is... Um, he openly admitted to having committed this crime and he showed no remorse whatsoever. Okay. He said, I did strike her and it served her right. And if you knew so much about her as I do, you would agree. Scorned. Yeah. That is a so, man scorned right That there. is a man scorned, right? <laughs> so yeah, he may or may not have been the father of the child. We don't know really what went on. He was found guilty of intent to murder because mm. you know, it was a pretty serious attack and he served eight years in jail. Mm. That. So we're going to flip back now to Robert Webster. So okay. in the space of the last year, he has continued his relationship with the landlady. You know, he was having an affair probably mm -hmm. with the landlady and her name was Mary Morris. Oh, another yeah. one of those multiple, multiple name. <laughs> exactly. Stories. So we have so, Mary Jane and Mary yep, Morris. Okay. That's it. Um, and Mary Morris lived with her husband, imaginatively named Morris Morris. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> so well done to his parents. <laughs> and by this point, Robert Webster is also living with Mary Morris and Morris Morris, all three of them together. You know what? I have to say, I'm really in support of people just being like, yeah, move your lover in. It's fine. <laughs> So there seems to be a lot of it about in these parts at this time, especially <laughs> in this story. Um, so um, eventually, later on in the story, in court, this arrangement would be explained that the three of them were living in the greatest state of depravity, in <laughs> inverted commas, um, or a state of the greatest depravity. So it. it was frowned upon by the village elders. <laughs> Or whatever. Um, so whatever their situation actually was, right? Um, Morris Morris was not financially supporting Mary Morris, his potentially his wife, and she took in laundry and ironing and all of that to pay her own way. So she was an independent woman. She just happened to live with these two guys. Um, so they may or may not have been legally married. We're not really sure. Um, so she was another one who it was a bit difficult to track down the actual marriage records for. Whatever was going on, there came yet another violent attack. So Mary Morris fractured the skull of Robert Webster by hitting him over the head with a flat iron and okay. caused considerable injury to his skull. And after that, Robert sort of went off Mary a bit, to be honest. He, yeah. <laughs> he was a bit less interested in him. Kind of um, not my favorite person right now. <laughs> yeah, you did smack me over the head with an iron. Um, so we don't know what caused that argument or what was behind it. But I'm guessing there was uh, a lot of jealousy, a lot of back and forth. And there seemed to be a lot of disagreements in this mm. household. Uh, Morris Morris did spend some time not living in the house when he was working, effectively working on small contracts in different areas and then and lodging places and then coming back. Um, but the, the two constants were Mary and Robert. So even though they, you know, they had sort of fallen out with each other in quite dramatic fashion, they were still living together. Um, yeah. And they possibly patched things up by the time we get to October 
Or had they? Because could it all have been a long planned act of revenge by Robert to pretend that everything was well, but get her in the end? So one Saturday morning in October, Robert paid a visit to the local ironmonger. And this was in nearby Neath. So that's like about four miles away. So it's a bit of a trip in those days, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And he rented the use of a reaping hook. So he was just going to, uh, you know, borrow it for a couple of weeks and then it would be returned. So he paid tuppence to rent this reaping hook, which could legitimately have helped him with his work on the roads for clearing uh, the hedgerows and making sure that the the foliage wasn't in the roadway. Because um, I'm imagining that these roads are not, you know, we're not full. We're talking tracks and, you know, they're not full on, full on roads. Sure, so they sure, probably yeah. do require quite a lot of maintenance in that area of the countryside. Um at the time of hiring, innocently hiring this uh, tool, which could legitimately be used in his work, he was overheard to have asked whether it would do to cut a person's head off. I mean, people, when you ask the question. Way to slide under the radar, Rob. God damn. It's always <laughs> something like that, right? Like, just like, by the by. So Can I decapitate so, somebody with this? Somebody tried to, to say in one of the reports, oh, no, he was really saying, would it cut someone's hedge off? Uh, because obviously. Sure. <laughs> but I'm pronunciation not, I, thing. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Later that day, Robert, Mary, possibly Robert's son, who we haven't heard from and won't hear from again, so don't okay. worry about him too much, Um, And Morris all went to the local pub, the Collier's Arms pub, which is still there, by the way, still a pub. You can go, you can get Sunday roast. Uh, Enjoy. It's picturesque. It's quite good review. Might be a road trip for Macho Masala murder one day. (laughs) I'm not sure whether they'll love this free advertising I've just given them or this is not their sort of thing at all. We're here because Um, of the murder from 1869? (laughs) Thank you. So um, they went on this delightful family outing for a couple of drinks. And after that, they all went home to share a meal together. So it was, you know, a pretty cordial situation. Um, well fed and watered, Morris Morris fell asleep at home, casual, just relaxed. Robert and Mary popped out on an errand. Now, again, this is where it gets a bit murky because what time of day is it? We've been told they've gone back to have supper. And yet they've gone out to a shop at this point, which seems unlikely in October and it being very dark and all the rest of it. But um, I just can go with the information that is available to me. Um, So they're fairly poor people. And the local grocers did um, offer a pawn service so people could come and pawn items when they needed quick cash um, and then you know how that business works. If you go back, then you pay and you can get your item returned. So at some point, Mary Morris had had to pawn her best shawl. And um, this was, uh, what do they call It's the Jenkins family who run the grocers there. And she had, uh, she now owed them 14 shillings if she were to get her shawl back. So she and Robert went to the place and he paid them the 14 shillings and the shawl was returned. 
Um, it had been there for, I think, several months because she just hadn't had the money to pay. And she was pissed off about this. This was her favourite shawl and this was very important to her. And, you know, it was really quite inconvenient. So he thought, well, she'll finally be bloody happy now because I've gone and bought the shawl back for her. So, you know, what Maybe more does she, she want? she won't hit me, me up over the head with a flat iron again. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so um, Mrs. Jenkins, wife of the grocer, reported later that she noticed the pruning hook, the reaping hook, wrapped in brown paper and tucked under Robert's arm as they left the shop, which she thought was a bit odd. So she knew exactly what it was, wrapped <laughs> in brown paper underneath. Apparently. Okay. It just, was clear to her making what sure. was happening. Um, <laughs> the, there are a few things like this, right, that feel really after the fact. Oh, no, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, I totally saw that coming. You know, I clocked him. <laughs> so on the way home from the grocer's to their house, and I don't know the distance on that because it doesn't, the grocer's doesn't exist anymore, um, Robert became really, really annoyed that Mary was still not bloody happy despite having the shawl back. And he claims that they got into this mad argument again. And they've been arguing a lot recently, as we know. And according to him, she said to him, and this is the quote, you old devil, now I've got my shawl. I won't wash for you or do for you anymore. And part of me really <laughs> wanted to do it in my best Welsh accent because I did have my best Welsh accent until I was a particular age and when I mm. finally got knocked out of me in England. But I thought that the Welsh fans might not be happy with me for doing that. But oh, you it don't is think, in there you don't think and it'll it is sound my OG good? accent. <laughs> I mean, if it's your OG accent. I, I think I... it's legit, but I just, yeah, I didn't want to um, alienate an entire nation. <laughs> Um, so she's not going to do his washing on nothing anymore. Um, so he then claims that she hit him and he says, at that point, I got very angry and I chopped her with the hook. Uh, yeah. and then he shouted at her, you will never hit me again. Uh, <laughs> on account your head is no longer attached to your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he realized what he's, uh, this is all, by the way, because we know all of these things he said, because he just admitted the whole thing straight away. He told the police anything they wanted to know. And he gave these long, long, long rambly statements, mm. emotional, just kind of verbal spilling out story. Um, you couldn't shut this guy up. He was just going on Did and on think he'd get off because of emotional i'm not like... entirely sure what he was thinking or if he was thinking maybe that you know bump on the head from that iron had really done for him um he said this is another quote i rose the dear lamb's head from the ground kissed her and turned myself in goodness gracious <laughs> um so <laughs> That actually does not seem to be the whole story, however, because a surgeon performed a post-mortem on dear Mary's body and he stated there was a massive stab wound in the jaw, mm. a, an incredibly like violent and jagged zigzagging wound in the throat and the jawbone was laid open. So it wasn't a one and done slice. It was no. like a hacking. Not quite like he says. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the instrument, like the one that they know did it, um, could cause those wounds, but none of those wounds were the cause of death. 
They were all inflicted before she died, but they were not the final crucial blow. So this guy, George Riding, he's a, a, a local surgeon from Neath, and he reported that they were incredibly nasty wounds. They would not have killed her. Instead, he believed that she had been strangled, saying, very great violence must have been used on the throat. So we've got another throttler. <laughs> I, love, I love the poeticness of, <laughs> of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to include so many of the quotes, because I was like, it's too good. This It's not like, he chokes that bitch out. It's just like very... <laughs> very great violence. <laughs> very great violence. Um, so an art, there was an article. Okay, this is a, a, a sub, like sidebar, basically, this little bit of the story. Um, there was a news article about this in Bristol, which is in England, and it's sort of um, round the coast, but it's far away, right? So this story did spread oh, a long travel. way yeah. okay. and um, because it was such a brutal attack. And the reason we know that there was an article in this Bristol newspaper, uh, it used to be called the Bristol Mercury and Western Countries Advertiser, Western Counties Advertiser, sorry. Yeah, catchy, yeah. Um, is that a couple lived in a house in our village where the murder takes place. And at some point they went to Bristol and bought a painting and they brought the painting back to their house and the wife didn't like it. And so it lived in the shed or the attic or somewhere. And a few years later, it was just forgotten about and the husband was, wanted to build a greenhouse in the garden to grow vegetables. And he ran out of glass when he was building this. So he went to get the frame for this painting because he thought, well, we're not using the painting. I'll take the glass out of the frame because it's nice and thin glass and I'll use it as one of the panes that I need. So he was dismantling the frame and behind the picture, he found this newspaper article about this murder. So oh. now he's living in the place where this murder took place. Oh. And he's just found this random news article about it. And this story was in like the um, the late 80s, like so mm. um, late 1980s. So the fact that he, that's really, really weirdly coincidental that he basically was living in the place and, but the story came from Bristol and that's how he had heard it. Anyway, um, in this newspaper article, the quote that they used was one of the most brutal and revolting acts ever to have occurred in the country. And after a few angry words, the prisoner cut the deceased down with a reaping hook, which he carried, and afterwards must have so sawn away at the neck of the deceased with the hook. And not content with this, he must have finished his brutal work by strangulation, as the hyoid bone of the neck was broken in four pieces, evidently done by severe pressure of the hands. So um, the hook and the shawl were both recovered very quickly. Um, because they were not really hidden. They were just on the side of the street. Her body was found in the middle of the road. And it was found because he went and knocked on someone's door and went, hey, I've just murdered someone. She's in the road. So he wasn't nowhere. After wasting 14 pounds, like, you know, <laughs> he could don't. have saved himself. Um, and he said, I have murdered poor little Polly and now she's lying dead in the road. Um, <laughs> so he just admitted the whole thing super okay. easily. Um there's a handful of cottages nearby. Apparently, the actual murder was they timed it to 11 p.m., um, which so you know, and it would have been quiet because it's the countryside. If they had had this big shouting argument, people would have would heard have known, him. Yeah, and it was in the middle of the street, you know, the the, the street, the road. Yeah. Um, so 
I it just does seem surprising. And also, you're on your way back from the shop, which but it's 11 o'clock at night, but you've gone to the shop after you've already been out for dinner. There's a few inconsistencies in the timeline yeah. that feel yeah. weird about this. But he did have to go and bang on someone's door to rouse them, to wake them up, to say, this is what I've done. Can you, he literally was like, can you move this? It's, it's in the way. It's in the way, yes. <laughs> it's in the road. It's a bit um, of meat. So he, he, I mean, because he admitted it and told everybody, he went on trial. Um, and we know that he did kill her and he admits that he did. But the question was, did he intend to? And was it premeditated? So that's where the, that's what the yeah. trial was all about. Um we know he rented the weapon, <laughs> so there was, you know, forethought in that. But mm -hmm. he he claims it was just to do his work. But he was audibly heard checking out, like whether this was going to be a good weapon to use or not for his intended crime. But possibly he was just innocently enough wanted to cut hedges, not heads. Um, he lured her out of the house on her own. Possibly, if you look at it one way, he lured her out late at night on the promise of returning her shawl, which we know she wanted. You know, was that was that him luring her or was he just trying to make up with her after a lover's quarrel? You know, sure. Yeah, there's um, it's really the so it's all circumstantial. It's all things that people have overheard. Mrs. Jenkins seeing him with the thing tucked under his arm. It, um, it's all just really not concrete evidence at all, is it? Um, because I'm curious if he was in fact carrying it or because it seems an odd thing to carry unless you are going to work. Yeah. So, but then, so he, that morning he rented it and then later that day they go to the pub for a drink. Then mm -hmm. they go home for supper. Then they go, the two of them go out to the grocer's. So why would he still be carrying it? It seems if, a weird thing to have tucked under yeah. your arm, right? Like yeah. I could, if you had, I mean, in, in nowadays, like if you had a backpack or a bag or something like that, that'd be one thing, but yeah. Um, but it seems so he didn't need thing. it about him. He wasn't going to work and he'd yeah. been home after, you know, cause they yeah. ate at home. So he could have just left it there. In that respect, it premeditated. Yes. Um, so, Another really bit of damning evidence, though, that feels like a, a bit <laughs> unequivocal proof. Um, Morris Morris testified that, I love it, Morris Morris, had attempted to kill Mary in May of that year. He'd already tried to kill her. Okay. Um, so Morris Morris claims Robert attacked her with a hammer, which split her head open. Apparently, um, she bled like an ox. Okay. which apparently means profusely. Sure. Um, and in Texas, screamed. that would be bleeding like a stuck hog. Okay. <laughs> That's a literal <laughs> phrase in Texas, as okay. you say, especially when you are having your monthly. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, so, uh, so she bleeds profusely and she screams. Again, all been there. Um, and so three out of however many people are in this social circle have just <laughs> holes in their head. Yeah, absolutely. Of violence. Okay. Um, and Morris Morris says, I ran into the house and prevented him from giving her another blow or he would have killed her. And then Robert legged it. He ran out of the house <laughs> and he legged it um, after having been caught trying to murder her. So if it were premeditated, then they would have charged him with murder and he would have been put to death by hanging. Sure. Um, there was a jury and they heard that he said to Mary she would never hit him again, you know, because that's what he told them that he said that because no one else was there to overhear that. And it happened directly okay. before 
she ended up dead. So I'm not sure why he let What's them know. His motivation, he's... just like I'm done with this world, so <laughs> I... let me go ahead and take her out and um, tell everybody my tale. Yeah, I mean, and that does point towards forward planning. Um, sure. But can we really believe that this was his plan if he so brazenly just walked in and asked if the tool could take off someone's head? And and like I say, so much of it is just hearsay and overheard snippets of conversations. They don't really prove anything. And a lot of those things can't really be corroborated because mm. she's dead and he's admitting to everything um, or not. You know, um, he is claiming that it wasn't premeditated. He is just staying with the fact that she pissed him off. And so that's why he did it. It was, you know, um, he just snapped. Um, we know that there's a history on both sides or all sides of this story. Yeah, this violence, yeah. Um, eventually, it was determined to be an unplanned, spontaneous act, mostly because the hook, while he was using it, was still wrapped in the paper. <sighs> suggesting that he wasn't actually ready to commit an attack. He just grabbed what was in his hand and was like, fuck you. Bing, yeah. Bing, bing. Okay. Yeah. And when he did it, it still had the paper wrapped around it. That's which wild. is a really interesting point of this story. Um, and as a visual, it's so much more stunning of a way yeah. of just like, this was, I mean, unlucky on yeah. her part, but like. And then once he starts, he's hacking and soaring and zigzagging and. Oh, um, what's more terrifying? Like, I, I'm really thinking about this. Like, is it more terrifying that a crime of passion can occur just because you happen to have a weapon nearby, which yeah. I think is something as an American, you think of a lot when it terms yeah. of like, you know, that we can have guns and things like that mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, or that your partner was like, I'm thinking about this for months yeah. and I'm putting yeah. the pieces together. I can't figure out what seems more terrifying, but like that, man, as a visual, that's far more stunning than just like, yeah, because he would have had to have unwrapped it if he really. Yeah, he to would. Get going you know, because I, I was thinking, okay, if he's they're walking back and this was his whole plan, then he might have been unwrapping it surreptitiously and have it in his hand. Sure, She's yeah. ahead of him, and he comes up he's behind like, her. You know, something. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it was still in the paper, maybe he did literally. You know, if it had been a bundle of books, would he have whacked it? You know, with those. I'd, right. I'd, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. In a crime of passion, sometimes it is about just what is the nearest thing yeah, to you exactly. in the moment. Yeah. I think about this movie, Un Unfaithful, with uh, Richard Gere and um, Diane Lane. Yeah. And Richard Gere's character gets so upset at finding out the man that her husband's having an affair with it. He just finds a snow globe and he's just like, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, it's like yeah. death by snow globe, right? Um, and then everybody has to pretend like this didn't happen. No big deal. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, if it is just something he happened to carry, which, again, at 11 o'clock at night is still an odd thing for you to carry if you yeah. rented it in the morning and you've been yeah. home. Yeah. Is it a just in case? Is it even premeditated to, like, if I leave it in the wrapper, it'll look yeah. like it was spontaneous? Like, yeah. there's a lot of rabbit holes that you could you could come down. Yeah. And then he just leaves it at the scene with the shawl and the body. You know, I mean, they they are, he did, I think they were kind of on the edge of the road. You know, they weren't right next to the body, but they weren't properly concealed either. So it didn't seem like he'd made a great attempt to hide them. They, but they were just kind of off to the side. And what an odd thing if he did, if he's literally going to walk up to the nearest neighbor and be like, yeah. I killed them. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Can you deal with this? Um, so an unconventional living situation for Mary, Morris, and Robert. And it was highly frowned upon in the yeah. area. Um, 
to these people, it suggested low morals, lack of morals and depravity. And the police even said that because of how volatile their situation was, because everybody knew about these violent, you know, the hammer mm. and the iron and you know all these things going on. The police actually said it was a mere lottery as to which would be killed first. I mean, that sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ashing um, each other about the head, hoping that... Uh... Yeah. Um, and Mary was afforded, like, no sympathy at all as the victim of this. And that, yeah. um, she was just labelled as, you know, a woman of low character. And more than that, she people basically thought she was responsible for her own fate, given her propensity for immor immorality or whatever. That's exactly what I was thinking was going to happen in her case. Because, yeah. I mean, at this point, in this given circle, you have three men that are consenting in some degree mm -hmm. for these kinds of multiple yeah. relationships. But it's the women that are viewed yeah. negatively. Yes, of uh, as a polyamorous person in the modern day, I can say that I have received messages because I'm out, you know, I'm yeah. publicly polyamorous. Um, yeah. I have received random DMs from people that tell me that I'm stupid and that I've let my husband convince me to just allow him to fuck other women and da da da. As if Ooh. I also cannot engage in such behaviors, you know, um, mm. uh, not accounting for the fact that I'm the one that introduced non-monogamy in, in my mm -hmm. relationship or things or the fact that I'm bisexual and like mm -hmm. literally my husband wasn't going to be yeah. uh, sexually enough in terms of, of my attractions and things like that. Uh, but separate from that, I'm the one that's viewed as either dumb, immoral, yeah. um, tricky in some way. Like I'm like, I'm just trying to gather, you know, resources mm. from all these different people that I might end up in. Um, and, and stuff. So, so like, and that's just, that's 2022, yeah. you know, 2023, yeah. that's like the modern, the modern time. Um, but I could see how in, in that time in particular, you know, the, the mm. agency that men lose mm. when a woman's immorality is considered the bigger part of the story yeah. is amazing to me. Like men it, are just I, yeah. so soft-minded that they can't, mm -hmm. or, and you know, for both the the British and the American audience, either the pussy or Fanny is so good yeah. <laughs> that these men just lose their fucking minds, you know, yeah. like. Um, and uh, but then that, okay and then that's that. that's just so legitimized, though that 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 would that would be the case, you know, that he yeah. just couldn't help himself, you know, yeah. um, and. Yeah, so I think this story has got so much in it because you know, especially for the kind of stuff we like to talk about. So yeah. ultimately, she was buried. Uh, it was completely unceremonious. There were a couple of very poor men who were just basically professional mourners, um, and it was she was in sort of it wasn't an unmarked grave, mourners. but it was kind of the back, you know, the back of the of the churchyard. Um, okay, as befits a poor degenerate woman. So not quite a porter's. Um... Not quite, not quite. But but just like in the back, so we don't have to pay attention to the yeah yeah yeah, yeah more exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to touch real quick because this sounds like the most British thing ever. <laughs> Professional mourners, oh, like okay. people that just show up at people's funerals <laughs> to mourn. Yeah, yeah, literally that. Yeah. That's um, amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I get. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> didn't know why I just assumed everyone. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that that's probably not a thing. I mean, there's certainly something that I've experienced in the last um, 39 days is yeah. brief vampires, for sure. People who oh, want yeah. to, like, yeah. um, 
hear the story, you know, yeah. people that are barely in our lives mm -hmm, are sending mm -hmm. me direct emails or, or DMs asking me to tell them what happened in detail and shit like that. And I'm just like, first of all, if you were important you enough really? to know what happened, you would know, right? Yeah. Like I would have, I would have told you. Um, but if you're not important enough to, to have been told voluntarily the audacity oh my God. to ask me yeah. about what happened yeah. um, or the assumption of like, how he died, you know, before I told people what it was, you know, it was like, oh, I didn't expect him to commit suicide. Who the fuck said he committed suicide? What? No one said that. Oh, oh yeah, God. I had four people do that. I had four people not ask me, but assume he had. Oh, um, what? And so people are wild. People oh. are wild, right? Oh, so yeah. I've been calling these people grief vampires, like the people who yeah. just want to play in your grief, or even like yeah. people who have posted about him dying as like my friend or my you know, X, Y, Z Tristan had passed away or something like that. And them kind of like siphoning grief, I oh, guess, off, of, off of that type of thing and sympathy, Trade right? For sympathy. Wow. I had one friend post and then immediately felt gross because people started offering him sympathy. So he called me and he was like, I, I didn't understand. I'm like, but you did lose somebody that you've had in your life for 30 yeah. years. So like, it's, it's a, it's a, fair and fine in your yeah. case. And some of these newer people, I would say not so. Yeah. But with that in mind, like a, a, a professional mourner <laughs> or like a grief vampire, like someone who just like kind of thrives off of somebody else's sadness, like it's. it's so, I, well, the thing is, is that I, I'm not sure I, I, I yeah, it, it's makes sense to connect those two ideas. But actually, I think a prof the concept of professional mourner is actually uh, more to if you don't have family or oh, you okay. have a very small family that people could be paid to come and swell the numbers at a funeral. That's fair. Um, apparently, it's a big deal in Chinese culture, as I understand it. So apologies to any Chinese people who can shed more light on this. And I haven't done research on this because obviously you just brought it up. And yeah, um, yeah, like so and I, I went um, to a very like yeah, yeah, yeah. no, negative I, I wouldn't viewing of what, of what that <laughs> I wouldn't want to be wrong about that. But I'm I'm pretty sure I've read in the past that it's also a thing in um uh in in China and some parts of Asia. Um, okay. and it definitely was a thing in I I mean I just think I just think of you know. Victorian films, Victorian novels, Gothic novels that you've read, and and that it's just something I've always been aware of. But it, um, I also definitely remember, and it might have been even on TikTok where I saw a thing that it was one of the Scandinavian countries where um, you can kind of arrange that ahead of your death. That you, there is a company that you can contact to be like, if in the event of my death, like this is one of the things I want to put in place. Um, that like my family sucks or I don't have any family or whatever. Right. Um, so just so you know, this is what I want to happen or this is the kind of reading or what, you know, so um, these you are my the interests. Notice, send me and five. Then, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and literally I think you pay for it. And then it means when it happens, they, this person, this service will come to your funeral and give a eulogy or, you know, um, that part I actually think is kind of nice. I mean, yeah, that's actually something that's come nice. up for me is like, I literally have no next of kin now. Like now yeah. that Tristan's gone, I don't have um, other people. So like who gets tapped mm. when whatever happens to me happens, right? Um, yeah. I could set up a professional mourner to just come in and be like, hey. <laughs> well, now you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not like there's like a lot of people that like love me and stuff like that. It's not that part. It's yeah, the, yeah, like who's yeah. going to take care of the, sh of the shit, you know, like who's going to do that part. So like, yeah. You know, that's I um I 
asked the question the other day of myself because I didn't mm -hmm. know the answer. Um, where does the term pallbearer come from? Um, oh, okay. So someone who carries a coffin, but where, what's the origin of that term? Because I was trying to figure out where, you know, the etymology of the word and the concept of that. So I learned um, that it comes from, um, in Roman times, uh, Roman soldiers had a cloak, which was called a paulium, P-A-L-L-I-U-M. And in medieval times, that word, knights and things still had a cloak like that, but it was shortened to Paul, just the word Paul, P-A-L-L. Okay. Um, and in Christian burial, um, they would cover their loved one with this cloak um, mm -hmm. when they were burying them. And so obviously, you know, it's a bit like when we see soldiers and they have the flag or whatever on their, sure, on yeah. their pocket. Um, and then that became uh, how you would honour your, your dead and then you would carry them, you know, to wherever. So, but I didn't know that that came from the Roman, uh, the oh, Roman okay. Pope, the Paulium. So that was just a little bit of tip information. Um, <laughs> that I happened to be talking about the other it's day. Just, like, just a random thought. I mean, the amount of random dots that have to do with like, like a, you know different death things or po poison like the other day i i had made rice because i mm -hmm. make rice you know for my cat yeah. well i'm fucking japanese i make rice um, but <laughs> you don't I make have to justify your I don't have to justify rice. It. but like i happen to be making rice for my cat specifically because i have to hand make um oh yeah the older ones Holy food cats. and i had left a, a little you know, nugget of it in the rice cooker without thinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my oh. mind is not very clear. So mm -hmm. when I came back to it a couple of days later, I was like, oh, fuck, I left like a little bit of rice. Because mm -hmm. had I closed the lid and mm -hmm. with Japanese rice specifically in a rice mm -hmm. cooker, it, it depending on the humidity of where you live, it, it can sometimes survive up to seven days without being oh, a problem. But wow. some rices turn into a form of arsenic, which is That's some right. random yeah. ass shit that I just recently yeah. learned, right? Oh. And so I was thinking about like, oh shit, did I just create like a ball of arsenic like yeah. in my house? I'm like trying to make sure that I clean it up really well and everything like that. Uh, just in case my cats got a little curious and decided yeah. to like, lick, 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 lick. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, like oh. my cats died of arsenic. <laughs> that being said, they don't care about rice alone. They'll mm. they'll actually, in fact, sometimes eat around it inside oh, nice. the, the yeah. blended thing that I Get do. Me to which the is, good stuff. Which kind of hurts my feelings as a Japanese. Like, how dare you not eat the rice? But yeah. it's fine. It's whatever. But yeah, they, like um, I got nervous all of a sudden that I, oh, I was like, so I'm like, how no. long does it take to make yeah, arsenic yeah. out of rice? And then I'm thinking <laughs> about like my my search history. Oh, oh. The, yeah, good point. Like, good. luckily at this point, I have a yeah. true crime podcast, but in my, in my whole hit, like, if you go all the way back, <laughs> do I just have like this super problematic, like, how do you make a poison out of such oh and such? God. How many days does rice take to turn into yeah. arsenic? Like, yeah. Goodness I um I remember learning about that when I was at school and we had what well what they used to call in uh, in the UK, we used to have lessons called home economics, which is mm -hmm. where you learn, um, home economics but mostly it was cooking um yeah. and uh budgeting for family food and grocery shopping and stuff like that and um, you guys got I, budgeting we just had cooking and sewing <laughs> oh yeah well so we had it was basically yeah different schools obviously have different things so at my school we had if your um school year is split into three chunks we would call them a term and you might call it a semester mm -hmm. i suppose um we would so one of them would be cooking one would be sewing and then one would be kind of um budgeting and, and that yeah, kind of thing I wish we get um, budgeting but it didn't last very long and then if you once you got to a certain age you just stopped anyway unless you wanted to take exams in it um anyway but we had this teacher and she was very dramatic and she used to um 
really give you these serious health warnings. And that's what that's the first time I learned that rice could kill you. Because and I, then I became very, very worried about this idea. You're like, I'm Indian though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rice this is very important to me. <laughs> um, and she called it. Well, I remember like she she put it on the big board at the front of the class. She was like, it's risky rice. And she would always do this risky rice. Sounds um, racist. <laughs> I know. And uh, um, and then she would tell you about, you know, how rice was the, the devil's work because it could kill you. Um, and so that's definitely racist. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and it just it always makes me think, you know, in Lost Boys, when they're eating, just like, um, and the rice t- changes uh, uh, to the maccas. And he's like, how can a billion Chinese people be wrong? Michael? Um, sorry, that's an aside. But um, but yes, um, how can a billion Chinese people be wrong? Because uh, there's nothing wrong with rice. And it's um, not just a billion if you Chinese, treat it right? with respect. It's a billion Indians. It's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, however yeah, exactly. many millions of Japanese. Most of the world. Like, most literally of the world. Most of the world. We're, we're doing um, we're doing just fine yeah um we'll be okay but it did make me super paranoid especially about um yeah like coming back to it or reheating or you know anything like that i remember just being like oh my god i've got to watch yeah. out for the risky rice <laughs> yeah I, that's only a new bit of information for me like just in the last mm-hmm. um i think since doing research yeah. for the show or something like yeah. that it popped up on a video somewhere and i was like no let me check mm-hmm. that out so i yeah. Google. <laughs> um so yeah like i have at least four or five searches in the last couple months of me trying to figure out like the arsenic to rice yeah. ratio um time or whatever it is uh that, that can happen so that's funny yeah and i did the whole um because i did the video on tiktok about the poison gardens yes so uh, I did look up about a lot of different poisons and, you know, how you can use them and how you can extract them from the poison. I have a poisonous um, fruit tree right in the front of my house. It's oh, like, no it's it looks like little cherries that are kind of yeah. like dual cherries stuck together. Oh, yeah. Um, but I sent a picture of it to my landlord when I first moved here and I was like, this fruit looks really cute. What is it? And stuff like that. And she tells me about it. <laughs> and then and then she's like, don't eat it, though. Because I was Googling it while I was, yeah, listening, yeah, yeah. Uh, while I was listening to her message and stuff. And she's like, because it's poisonous. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, um, why is it here? Like, you know, like, cause why is it here though? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, can you touch it? And she's like, you can touch it. You can pick it. She's like, wash your hands before you oh. eat. She's like, but don't eat the fruit. Don't and I was it. like, I was like, okay. Um, but oh, it is yeah. a, a hummingbird draw. So we have a lot oh. of hummingbirds because oh, it's there. Okay. Um, I need to look up the name of it again. Cause I forgot, but it's a very cute oh. little, like, it looks like a double cherry. Yeah. Um, but what if it falls, what if it drops off the tree and the cats get it? Well, I, luckily, I don't let them go out front, um, okay. but there are a lot of neighborhood cats and dogs. I don't know how, Yeah, you know, like Tristan always thought that they would avoid anything that was bad for them. And I was like, you don't understand how dumb these animals are about <laughs> some things. Like I have watched Revan try to eat a whole piece of plastic, you know, or I've okay. watched yeah. like them trying to take a chicken bone off your bowl and stuff like that. So I'm just like, <laughs> they don't know to, yeah. to avoid some things, yeah. you know. Um, also, we have domesticated these animals. They don't, yeah, uh, right. they don't retain skills of the wild right so um like you know uh, they're lactose intolerant and yet if you leave a bowl of ice cream out you know they're, they're gonna, gonna fucking try it. to eat it you know yeah, yeah. uh so yeah so um i've had to be careful because because they <laughs> are pretty and i do like want to yeah. go and you know grab them or whatever but um, plus now they're like they got really heavy so in oh, the time really since just in the past i haven't mm-hmm. like 
done anything to him yeah, so like, yeah. the tree has now like uh. pulled it in on itself because <laughs> oh it has God. all this fruit and i'm like should i be picking this fruit like is uh, yeah. that something i should be doing i don't know <laughs> anyways that was a weird aside but no, uh um yeah one of the poisons that i talk about in the tiktok video actually came up because i recently i hadn't watched a film you know kenneth branner has been making the mm -hmm. agatha christie poirot films mm -hmm. and i hadn't watched the most recent one and one of the one i don't want to give spoilers away for the film but i was really like i know about this I know and so i clocked one, yeah. it early on i was like i bet that's what it is because i did my research yeah <laughs> I, 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 haven't, I haven't finished the recent one yet or i haven't watched the recent one yet yeah, either. and I, yeah. I hadn't actually finished death on the nile either yeah. because i really don't like gal gadot <laughs> so oh really, no me neither yeah um so yeah, i did i tried easy. to watch it and as soon as i saw her, i was like nope mm -hmm. um but I'll, I want to watch the other well, one. That whole so cast was hella problematic. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a yeah. lot of issues there. I mean, even Kenneth Branagh himself is pretty problematic. Um, that being said... Yeah, just like, ask Emma Thompson. <laughs> where, yeah, right. Um, that being said, like, he can he can string together a film. So it's yeah, kind of, you yeah. know... Talking of Hamlet, Kenneth Branagh's yeah. Hamlet. Yes, Which, it goes on for four days, but it's pretty good. Right. It had an intermission. <laughs> I went yeah, to that yeah, yeah. in the yeah. theater and saw yeah, it. It's like the intermission. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that one's actually really beautiful too. I, I really mm. love it. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, so I, I love, well, because I love Agatha Christie. You know, Agatha Christie, everybody goes through the yeah. Agatha Christie phase, right? Yeah. And mine's I'm always been, in it. I, I love Agatha Christie. Yeah. Fair. And it's been kind of like re agitated by, you know, thinking about you know Graham because that was the yeah. first story I told and how Pale Horse was his lead in. And I was yep. like, oh, I actually never red pale yeah, horse yeah. so i like had sense red pale horse and um and it's so funny because it's like one sentence of a mention thallium it's just yeah. one sentence and then it goes completely away and um i was like he Man, took that, was that and run with it he did right um but yeah so much of her her stuff was poison based and so it, it, it's yeah. kind of i've been listening to a lot of uh, audiobooks lately um that that are Agatha and it's bringing yeah. back. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, I hope Kenneth does these, like, I hope he's successful mm -hmm. in getting these yeah, movies yeah. out. Um, I do think his what her search history would have been like. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, um, I, I, I think his promo is a little strange because I'm mm. used to, you know, yeah. Like um, David Suchet or someone. Or yeah, like to Houston or yeah. when you see him, you're like, yeah, you're that's him. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know. Anyways, another aside, 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 aside. But <laughs> back to the story. Um, what I really enjoy is that this teeny tiny, and because this is what I believe across the board. I'm suspicious yeah. that most people are more uh, non-monogamous than whether ethically or not that they than they lead to. Okay. But yeah. to think that like part of the story also includes people who don't come back necessarily, but just mm -hmm. like homeboys X type of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that they had a similar situation. He was like, fuck this. I'm out. And then he ends up being the third <laughs> yeah, in yeah, somebody yeah. else's marriage. Like, yeah. I love that. I, I don't yeah. know why I love it, but it's, you know, it's messy and, and I enjoy it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think it's actually a misnomer when I describe myself as polyamorous. I think I'm more ethically non-monogamous and my husband was polyamorous. Okay. Um, okay. And it's because I, I had the belief that I was capable of loving more than one person at a time. And then I tried it and I hated it. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's just generally more of like a, a companionship and a nominee yeah. type of thing. Okay. So in their case, like I wonder, you know, in Morris's case, even. Morris, Morris. Morris, Morris did something <laughs> that that Robert couldn't, right? Like his wife ends up bringing in someone and he was like, I'm sick of this. I'm out. Yeah. But then he becomes that third party in another yeah. marriage. And Morris is just like, you know, she's a lot to handle on my own. So you might as well move in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, maybe uh, maybe Morris Morris had also taken an iron or two to the head over he the years. He may have, said, Robert right? Webster, come on in. So Robert did yeah. him a bit of a favor, probably, possibly, in, possibly. in that respect. I would love yeah. to know Robert's opinion, uh, Morris yeah. Morris's opinion, or what he he had. Um, I know that's the thing. I think this was one of those stories that just raised so many questions, yeah. and I I could you know, and you can't get it's so far back, you know, it's so far back, uh, yeah. and it's not particularly a famous story. It's not really. Uh, been told a lot of places so which is great I love that but at right, the same I time heard it. you know fewer sources and, and basically the you know when the sources all basically have the same information yeah. just repackaged in different ways um, but I really think that um, yeah from our point of view you know it's it's got it's got so much about um, the role of women and, and wives and um, like we said like a man scorned uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, we, famously, it's not just the women that do things when they're yeah. woman scorned, um, and and presumably power struggles between these guys. Um, and what actually led him to do it? Because it, it, you know, maybe he just had a really violent temper, and he'd you know he'd attempted it before, and you know, um, but maybe that wasn't attempted the first attempt in the May. Perhaps that yeah. wasn't a premeditated attempt. Perhaps again, that was him flying into a temper. And yeah. luckily, Morris came back at the right time and 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 prevented it from going too far. Um, and presumably, if someone had been around at this point, you know, yeah. they could have prevented it from going too far. I'm not it sure. It seems baffling that they stuck it out. You know, like mm. this is the thing that I wonder um, in terms of violent situations mm. is is you know i my mother was an abused person and um and the amount of times i thought i was going to be able to save her for, you know from her situation oh, yeah. like as, even as a teenager like i looked yeah. up this organization they can take us in they can do this or whatever and then she would always go back and and that i i i i have so much frustration about mm -hmm. you know why didn't why wasn't this enough like you were in the mm. hospital why wasn't this enough your kids were scared why wasn't this enough and and for people who stick it out um i understand codependency is is strong mm -hmm. i definitely experienced that yeah. in my own in my own marriage as well right like um some of the problems that you have in your marriage like that could technically be breakupable whatever reasons you choose to stick it out is is whatever but in terms of yeah. violence i'm always baffled by by the pull and for them to to both do physical violence to each mm -hmm, other mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At, at what point was morris going to be like you don't even need to be here bro you yeah, know yeah. like you could just <laughs> go like but, but, i mean basically all of them could because if they're not if none of them are even really legally married either fair right then um then the you know there literally isn't anything keeping you here and is if it just the shared it. rent? Because I get it. Like, awesome. you know, yeah, yeah. monogamy in this age seems completely impractical economically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I don't know. Like, could it, was it that hard to get a place, you know, yeah. Robert? Or did he just not like to be alone? But again, I go, I go back to, and this is probably another problematic thing of where like patriarchy is, mm. is embedded in your own mind. It's just like my first thought was, you know, like I said, was the sex so good? Yeah, that I mean, that the men couldn't leave. Yeah, versus the women that were just like, you serve a financial purpose. Or in the other house, you know, Robert's original house. Maybe you know when the young guy moved in, it you know the girls thought this is <laughs> this is great, and they kicked the old one out. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, it's really um. 
there's a lot that's unclear uh except that they were all kicking the shit out of each other and eventually yeah. it went too far yeah it's pretty wild it's interesting though but i i, I like to hear about how stuff like that happened another in, in other times um, exactly versus the way it plays out now yes um because i we had a live-in partner at some point we we yeah. had a mutual partner it went south with me and her far earlier than it went um and in fact, Tristan and I almost didn't make it, you know, like mm -hmm. after that. Uh, but mm -hmm. but when she departed, it did have an impact on it's changed our relationship dynamic forever mm. after that. Um, but in the time that it was good, it was great. Yeah. yeah. It was nice having shared responsibility across mm -hmm. the household. Um, I was pretty much the fine, you know, main financial person. So having mm -hmm. someone that finally cooked and cleaned was really nice. You know, <laughs> um, you know, Tristan was always there to pick up something off a high shelf. You know, it was a balance. Um, Everyone's got their use. Yeah, everybody's got a job. But um, but <laughs> this but is when why went, people join cults, though. We're going to live on a is? commune where there's loads of people together. Everybody has to contribute. Sometimes your contribution is that you're tall. And sometimes <laughs> your contribution is something else. Um, but like they, so the idea of like these dynamics that can pop yeah. up and, and, and for whatever reason, sometimes practical, sometimes emotional, yeah. sometimes sexual keeps you together. Yeah. Uh, but again, like this had violence across both sides yeah. of it. So yeah. you, don't, you, just, you feel like everybody's a victim. Yeah. And perpetrator exactly yes absolutely and and just think it yeah and it is just so interesting to we don't explore areas of people's lives um back then this that you know you don't learn about this in social history you know that um that incidences of families or social groups forming in this way um yeah and uh so i just yeah i definitely thought this is one we had to talk about yeah it's interesting um, and I hadn't really thought about digging into like polyamorous murder situations because that would be right up my wheelhouse, right? Like that's my... And this is the thing. Obviously I started because I was like, I'm going to do, I am going to get to Wales. And so I've always got a, a few tabs open, you know, along those lines, which mm -hmm. one is it going to be? Um, and then I, I stumbled on this because um, literally because it was one of the article, one of the old newspaper articles that um, I was scanning uh, a, a similar story from the same paper but a different mm. story. Um, and it was like a related article thing. And that's then that led me down this rabbit hole. And it was like, oh, Wales tick, then had the polyamory yeah. tick. And yeah. I just thought, well, here we go. That's, that's what we're gonna do. Um, and yeah, and I think it's quite nice. It's it's um, although there's like a few players and it's a bit higgledy piggledy, it's still uh quite a short story. So keep mm -hmm. us keep us tight for the new year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I know that we had gone long on some of ours and um we're gonna do our best to try to. I think the story is the story. Sometimes the story they'll be the story, epic. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they'll be much longer, and sometimes you know you could you can uh, tie it all up with a neat bow. I mean, I know we're still not sure what his motivations were exactly, but it's a pretty open and shut case. In that he admitted it. He admitted he it, right? Them all the evidence. <laughs> yeah, and that, I think that's probably the part that ends up being such a weird, unsatisfactory part for me is like if I can't figure out the why, and that it's yeah. not just in this; yeah. it's like literally in every aspect yeah. of my life. I if you can't tell me the why, or if I don't believe you <laughs> when you tell me the why. <laughs> um, or, or like this, you know, yeah. I, I wish like, you know, is journaling just not a thing? You know, like you just kind of hope that people <laughs> yeah, yeah. have a version. Under of the it. floorboards, there must have been some there secret. There must be something, right? We're <laughs> just tells like, us what we need to know. And it could be something petty, right? It could just be like, she didn't slice my oranges the way that I liked yeah, yeah, it. And so yeah, death yeah. to her, you know, or something like that. It could be such yeah. a, some, so random. You never know what, what uh, sets people off. But he off, went but... to get the shawl for her. And like, 
I do, so I really want to, yeah, that's the mode. I really want to know the motivation behind that. Was it to lure her out of the house? Was it to make up with her? You know, had she given him the money that she'd got from putting it in the first place? I just, yeah. oh. Because if you were just going to dime on yourself immediately, yeah, uh, what could have been a nice usage of it if you're trying to hide from what happened mm -hmm. is you know, I wanted to reconcile. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to give exactly. her this thing that she, yeah. that she loved. And I've just shelled out 14 shillings and now, you yeah. Know. And then of course, no if it was well-intentioned and mm. then she was just so ungrateful that it just triggered a series of memories from all the problems that they've had. And he was just like, fuck this. And he goes <laughs> clean off. Right. You know, that, that too could be something that would, yeah. you know, um, help to understand what, what's happening here. But again, you know, the thing at the end of all of these was always my question is like, what's different about your brain from yeah. my brain that has um, yeah. made me not do the things that you have done? Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. that's always yeah. the question. And this would be one of those, I think less so with uh, uh, Fulan. I think I, um, I get it. Yeah, that we get makes that. sense to yeah. me. <laughs> uh, but, but so far with everybody else, the yeah. question has arisen, like why, you know? Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Um, and I, I think that is going to be the eternal thing, really. Um, what is the difference that makes you go there? Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, you know, but, you know, we, the, all of these people involved in this story are not well to do. You know, they are down on their luck. They don't make a lot sure. of money. Um, times are tough. Life is hard. Uh, gruelingly so, you know, yeah. um, manual physical work for little pay and, you know, um, there's a lot to be angry and pissed off about, I'm sure. Right. Mm. And I mean, yeah, 14 shillings in that day and age probably was like dramatic, you know? Right. Um, How good was this shawl as well? Like, it, like, was it handmade by like baby <laughs> dolphins or something <laughs> like that? Because it's like, that's a lot. Um, yeah, it, seem, it seems pretty wild. But I'm I'm glad that we, we got back at it. Yay. New year, new stories. Um, Absolutely. And it, it you know it actually was pretty helpful to to have a you know kind of regular good thing to do i guess um since everything that i've been through um in the last yeah 39 days uh so for everybody out there we're back uh don't forget to subscribe to us on uh youtube and subscribe, yep. not just like go and follow, like to go watch yeah. us, like subscribe. It helps uh, on Spotify as well. And we're on all the other podcatchers. Uh, you can also support us if you would like by going yes, to please. buy me a coffee, which I wish we could have changed it to tea, but <laughs> the image is a tea. It's just whatever. Uh, Buymeacoffee.com slash matcha masala murder. And uh, also on there, if you um, if you want, you can just buy us a cup of tea or you can buy us several. There are loads of different options of ways to support us. You can also subscribe on there and get our newsletter, which mm -hmm. currently is a you know written record of all our stories and what we're telling. And there's a gallery there where we put up all the images. Um, and then from time to time, as we grow and you know gather pace again, there'll be extra little tidbits and informations uh, in there as well. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely worth signing up, even if you just want to get the free emails. You can do that. The and funny thing is, even I'm learning more about the stories that we're telling on our show when you <laughs> when I re read uh, what you put together too, because um, you know there's always just a little bit of seeing it in black and white versus you know yeah. just like 
in my case, like the verbal vomit of just like, oh, and then this other thing happened. Yeah. Um, well, this one, yeah. I mean, there have been a few tangents during this story. So trust me, yeah. when you read it, it'll be a lot more It's a little clearer, right? Yeah. Um, and I like, I'm such an enthusiastic storyteller that I completely ignore my notes at some point. I'm just like, what I have memorized is what we're going to tell the story of. <laughs> I, I know that's why I was that. like, oh, I just remembered I read this story about this guy who went to Bristol and bought a painting. And it's like, it's actually got nothing to do with the story at just all. Interesting. But it was <laughs> yeah, I love stuff like that. But, yeah. but you know, that's the kind of stuff that keeps it interesting. And also, I think a little bit different, too, from like the, the average true crime show that's just like, here's the facts. Here's yeah, what we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I like going into the the deeper side. Yeah, and because we always want to explore the hum, you know, the re the really human element of it, and people's circumstances. Like we've said, mm -hmm. what's their mentality? What's their um, background? What's led them to this point? Um, and and what what conditions are they living under? You know, because we're yeah. always trying to say like we're examining it with this different lens because we want to know what their culture, what their religion, what their upbringing is 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 bringing. Yeah. you know, into the the essence of them. That has has made this happen. That made them because it's like always there. Them. There's always stuff to be informed about um, about people's motivations that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of insight. But we're going to keep on doing. We're going to keep doing. <laughs> so we'll be back next week. Um, I will have a tale, and you know, I have some banked stories, and I don't know, you know like headwise, which stories if I'm going to go banked or if I'm going to find something new. Um, so this is one of the few times I can say that at this point. I don't Ooh. have my plan yet, um, but there's some interesting ones that I've been dog earing for, uh, for this. So we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for joining us again after the new year. Um, and if you're just joining us now, go back and listen to all the other ones because there were some really good, we have some really good stories. I'm really good stories. Yeah. I'm really excited about like what we collected. Cause they, they're not yeah. the ones that you're hearing on all the shows. Exactly. And, they all have a different purpose, yeah, different connection, you know, I stuff agree. like that. So, yeah, definitely go back and listen to our other shows. Leave us comments, reviews, etc. All those things that help all us. All the nice go. things, please. And press all the buttons. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matcha and Masala is produced and hosted by Charmaine Fury and Ria Mayakor. This is a main hustle media production in association with Virtual Reality Studios. All stories are researched to the best of our ability with information freely available to the public. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and due to the nature of true life crimes, some information remains inaccessible and new information can come to light after recording.